Ladies and gentlemen, back once again. Another episode of the Chief and Bosco Podcast. I'm your host, Chief, alongside my partner in crime, Bosco. Say what up to the people. What up, y'all? What's good with everybody out there? Hope y'all are all doing well. Back once again. Nevertheless, another week. Back again on a Tuesday night. Uh, So without further ado, let's go and get into it as we always do. First starting off, college game day recap. So, getting into it. Uh, big games, big games, big games this past weekend. Looks like Penn State succumbs to Ohio State. Uh, overall in this game, uh, Ohio State's able to hold them off. Penn State really did did play good. Uh, you know, defense did their thing. You know, off, Ohio State's offense has been clicking, but... You know, six of those drives they get into the red zone, they're able to stop Ohio State. Um, but overall, Ohio State eventually is able to pull it out um, and uh, take the lead over to Penn State and close this game out. Um, I know for me, well, just another testament to me, James uh, James Franklin. I don't think he's you know the best when it comes to these big games that he needs to win. They always kind of fall short. Uh, so I think now they drop into. I think they got two losses. Now they drop into. Well, Penn State. Yeah. Three. Three losses now. Yeah. And then uh, what they? Cause they still got. So they've lost Ohio State, Michigan. Um. Then they get, you said they got another loss. Oh, Illinois. Yeah. I said uh, lost two. So I think, and then I think they still got Michigan State on the board too to go. Yep. So, yeah. It don't get no easier for them. Yeah. So you you might be looking at a. A four or five lost team, honestly. Um, other than that, moving forward, uh, my favorite game of this week, Michigan State. They pull that out against Michigan, um, in which going into the second half, Michigan was up by 16. But Michigan's able, Michigan State's able to claw their way back into the game. It ends up with uh, their quarterback, Shane Manera of Michigan. He throws a pick, pretty much ends the game. So now uh, Mich- Mel Tucker's Michigan State. Still undefeated. They move forward in the rankings, which we'll get into. Um, looking at that side. Um, going over to the ACC news. Wake Forest wins again. Uh, still undefeated. Last team in the ACC uh, to be undefeated. And they just keep on rolling. Offense is clicking on all cylinders. Um, and other than that, uh, as far as games, I kind of did want to note out. Because we're, we're going to get into these college rankings um university of san antonio texas um let's see here because i forgot what division they're actually in they're in the cusa west so you know with your faus your old dominions those schools and whatnot they're still uh undefeated as well and they aren't even in the top 25 rankings uh still going but leading into the college rankings we can go ahead and get into it uh so i'll go down the line here uh, number one, of course, we know Georgia uh, coming off that big win. They still steamrolled over Florida. Still number one team in the nation right now. Uh, going forward and then uh, going into number two, because I don't think this is the right setup here. Well, I got it. If you you? Me. All right. So uh, number two is Alabama. Yep. Three is Michigan State. Four is Oregon. Five is Ohio State. Six in Cincinnati, seven Michigan, eight Oklahoma, nine Wake Forest, ten uh, Notre Dame, and then so on and so forth. After that, okay. Um, let's just get this out the way. I'm not really sure how this stuff is. Well, I, I don't really understand how the college playoff works mm-hmm. in terms of these rankings. So, Oklahoma and Cincinnati are in the top four with the AP poll. Mm-hmm. But then you have them outside the top four for the rankings. And not only are they outside the top four, Cincinnati is at six, and Oklahoma's at eight. And Oklahoma has more wins than everybody because Oklahoma has played nine games so far this year and have won every one. So they're not in no. But Oregon is four. Alabama, who lost to unranked Texas A&M, is two. Yo, like, let's just call it what it is. College football wants Alabama in that playoff so it's bad. It's the SEC elitist. They, they, they want because even if they go on to lose to Georgia, I bet you they still end up in the playoff. And it's like, and it's it's one of those things I feel like you know when it comes to them too. I mean, 
Georgia's really only been the, the the one sweet spot I've seen here, and it's always set up to the fact of Georgia and Alabama. They always come down to in the title game. It's always towards the end. I would like it to see if it was something that you know they came out during the season. I don't think that's the case, but you know that is what it is. Like Dan, I kind of agree with you too. I feel like with this Bama, you know, number two, they're kind of giving Nick Saban, you know, benefit of the doubt. You guys have always been up there anyway. I don't know how they rank it either because, like, they, Texas a and people are saying, like, you know, well, they're ranked 14 now. I'm like, that doesn't matter. When they were, when they beat Alabama, they were unranked. The same way, okay, I give credit to Oregon for beating Ohio State when Ohio State was ranked that high. They went into the horseshoe, hostile environment. And not only did they beat them, I watched that game fully. They ran all over Ohio State. They manhandled Ohio State in that game completely. And you look at Oregon, okay, I had to drop them too because you lost to a Stanford. I can't, we can't really do too much about that. You lost to a Stanford. But, you know, on one side of it, I do kind of like to see a Pac-12 kind of get up there too. Moving to my number five spot in Ohio State. Their offense is clicking, but at the same time, after, um, you know, the debacle there against Oregon, they went on the run against bad teams uh, winning those games. And whatnot, and it's been able to build from the defense. Really haven't seen them have a big test as of now against a good opponent. In which, you know, they play Penn State that'll have a defense, but they don't really have that great of an offense. Now, we will get to see something going forward uh, as they have to play uh, Michigan State, which is at number three. I like it. I honestly didn't think Michigan State was going to get catapulted that high. But honestly, at this point, I have no clue what is going on because... Like we mentioned, Alabama lost to the unranked team. Ohio State lost to Oregon. Fell back a few spots. Michigan lost against a good Michigan State team. It got catapulted way down. I have no clue what is going on here. Um, It's just back and forth all over. But we'll have to see, you know, Michigan State and Ohio State pull it out. Whoever from that one is definitely going to deploy. Either somebody will stay in the four or somebody's going to get deployed out there. And... I want to get your opinion on this because I know you're an Oklahoma fan. And then we're also looking at Cincinnati in this case. I'm guessing they kind of go off of, you know, who did they play and how did they win? Because, I mean, it's still hard to go undefeated, I feel like. You know, in the case of Cincinnati, in the case of Oklahoma. You know, even Oklahoma coming out and then within a half of the game actually switching quarterbacks to come back into win the game. So they're finding out different ways to win. It's almost seeming like the committee is kind of punishing people for like, okay, if you have competitive games with teams they don't think is competitive, like you're going to fall into the polls of that. Like if you're not blowing out every team that you're playing, it's kind of like, eh. And I, and I kind of see from the side of like, okay, the kids – that are playing these games, these college athletes, they don't really have any influence on what's the schedule. All they can do is play the team that is in front of them and win those games. So it's like, what what can you really do there? Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like confused when I look at it, you know, seeing these rankings. Because, I mean, we look at it here. It's like we mentioned Oklahoma, we mentioned Cincinnati. Wake Forest is 8-0, and they can run the table and went in the ACC and still won't even be considered at all to be within the f- at least five, six, six range. So, I mean, it's like, mm, what can you really do? I don't really know what to take from these polls. Um, you have a, uh, you know, what else did you think? I mean, especially looking at your Oklahoma team. And I, I mean, I've been saying all year, Oklahoma's been squeezing by, but it's like they still have one. It's almost like. You get more credit for losing to a bad team outright than than by barely squeaking by them. Cause I'm like, I don't give a fuck nobody saying. I've still, I've watched Texas A&M play this year. Alabama losing that game, I can't believe that didn't hurt them more in the rankings. Um, I'm gonna just say, I kind of wish we would just go back to the BCS system if this is gonna be the case. Either that or they need to just expand the playoff. Cause yeah. and that's gonna happen at some point. I don't know when. But it's just, and we talked about earlier, SEC, Alabama doesn't play anybody really all year until um, the championship game. LSU is terrible this year. They lost to A&M. Auburn be so trash. Ole Miss. They're they're, they're 12 and 5 and 2. Yeah. 
it it doesn't make any sense. But but then you look at the Big Ten, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. They all gotta play each other, so it's like we're gonna end up with a loss or two. Like all of them can't go undefeated, yeah. obviously. So it's like we almost get penalized for playing a harder schedule, and it's just it's it's nonsense. And they, I don't, I get it that that the SEC is really what makes the most money in college football, but it's still some bullshit because if I'm coaches at those at those schools in the other uh, Power Five conferences, I'm upset. If I'm the school it's so like, so if I go to Cincinnati, I'm like, basically what you're telling us, it doesn't matter if we win every single game, we still won't even have a chance even if people think they'll go and get blown out that's not even the point like at least give us the opportunity the opportunity and i'm like because i mean i look at it in, in the sense of okay and this isn't it's one thing if it miracle but like we saw it last year cincinnati going into the start of the college playoffs they were still undefeated too so it's like okay this is like a pattern that's starting to build with cincinnati and it's like yo give them give them the opportunity at least because i mean we look at we look at the Georgias. We look at the Oklahomas. We look at the Ohio States. Yeah, they've like, okay, I think, what, last year was the first year, like, Ohio State eclipsed it to even get to the championship. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, give them, at least give them the opportunity, like, to be in there. And if they get washed, they get washed. It's not like we haven't seen it before. I mean, shit, we just saw a college championship last, you know, last year of a team getting washed. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. But give these people the opportunity and then you can expand on that on that program and go from there. And, I mean, I look at it like, you know, you're kind of penalizing the kids. I mean, all they can do is play the games that's in front of them and then, you know, kind of go from there. Like, so it's like now, okay, so we do we need to all go to a different conference and try to get them into it? Does Cincinnati need to go to the Big Ten? Does Cincinnati need to go to ACC or SEC now? Do we got to, you know, make up all these changes so we can kind of get some more neurotity in what we need to do? And, I mean, I just don't get it because, I mean, You'll have that, but then you'll still have teams like Notre Dame and stuff still ranked all super high up there too, and I don't understand that either. Yeah, I dog, I don't, I don't understand. I really don't. And to me, it's just like tell people what the rules are, so at least everybody is aware of the playing field. It's like, yeah, um, you could go undefeated and all. Too bad you won't have a chance to compete for the title. It's like, wait, what? Like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't know. I feel I I'm I'm kind of iffy on it because like you know, and we've seen it now even looking at this year, man. Like I th- I still think you know regardless of like okay how you're doing it, it's still harder to go undefeated. I feel like yeah. And like I I don't care what nobody says regardless. Okay, whatever schedule you play and run that too, but it's like at some point like you kind of you kind of got to give it up. I feel like, but you know. It is what it is, um, but like I said, man, you know, unfortunately, unfor- you know, because we'll get some good good games out of it, but unfortunately, I feel like, you know, because, you know, Michigan State's going to have to play Ohio State, all of those are kind of going to rotate, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, all four of those are going to, you know, they've on, they're on their rotation right now playing each other, so some people are going to get knocked out, and like, you know, I look at it like, you know, everybody's arguments, okay, did this team look like the better team and such? Does this team look like that better team? I'm like, well, since those teams got to play each other, some of them are going to get knocked out, and they're the better teams than all these other teams that you're going to put up. So, exactly. Like, it's like, eh, what kind of argument are you going to put there? But it is what it is. We'll continue to see from there. Um, yeah, man, I think, you know, I think especially this this year, this will be more evident, man. Let's just go ahead and explain the college, uh, you know, explain the uh, the the playoffs going forward. Um, but yeah, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, can't really do too much about that one. But moving forward, though, let's go and get into it, man. Bosco Wojnarowski, what do we got on the NBA news? Anything you've been seeing here? Um. All right, well, Lakers are still struggling. That That's not shocking. Whenever we talk about basketball, I keep saying they're going to have a mediocre regular season. I really believe that. Um, it, Frank Vogel has to figure out that rotation because on paper they have a great team, but the, the pieces don't necessarily fit with one another. And then, you know, LeBron's having this ankle injury, and then Anthony Davis kind of only plays when he feels like it, like, 
some of the games he'll give you like 30 and 15 other games he'll give you like 12 points you're like wait what like was he hurt no he wasn't hurt he played the whole game and it's like oh okay it's kind of disappointing but biggest surprises so far you have miami sitting at six and one at the top of the eastern conference chicago which i actually predicted would be pretty good this year yeah is a six and one so they're tied with the Miami, but Shout for some reason Miami guy. has the one seed. I'm not really sure how that works because it's way too early for tiebreakers and all that. And most shocking in the East is probably Brooklyn being in the eighth seed with four and three. Um, I kind of feel like Brooklyn's going to be like L.A. I think they're going to have a very up and down regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both teams will go on winning streaks at some point because I don't know if Brooklyn will end up with the best record. I don't think it would matter that much because... I feel like they probably... Do you think they got less to fix than L.A.? Yeah, I think they got less to fix. I, I do. Um, I think James Harden is adjusting to the different... Oh, the rule change. Yeah, the rule, the, the rule change. So the not getting the foul calls is often I think he's adjusting to. Um, but that's probably my biggest surprise in the East. Milwaukee off to a very slow start, actually. 4-4. Four Outside the playoff picture, obviously nobody expects them to miss the playoffs. But um, it's weird. You you see one or two things when teams win the championship. They either come back the next year and they just smoke everybody's boots, or like they play very mediocre and they turn it on when the playoffs start. Kind of like the old one Lakers had a very mediocre, very very underwhelming regular season. Then in the playoffs they go fifteen and one and they steamroll everybody. And if it wasn't for Allen Iverson's amazing performance in game one, they probably go 15-0 in the playoffs, mm. which I wish that would have happened because that would have been amazing because I don't think you'll ever see a team go undefeated in the postseason. But um, that's what it's looking like in the East. And then in the West, you have Utah and Golden State at the top of the conference. Neither one of those are shocking. Um, both 5-1. and one. Still you, rolling. Yeah, I think Utah is going to have a good regular season. But I'm going to be honest, I don't care. I think – yeah, I just think they are a very bad matchup. Not for their opponent. Like, their opponents are bad matchups for them because I just don't think they match up with teams like Golden State or even L.A. or some of these teams. Golden State, I feel like, is going to have a good year. I mean, Klay Thompson is supposed to be coming back around Christmas, top of January. I've been seeing some film of him. It looks like he's back in shape. So, yeah. not not like he was out of shape, but he looked like he's moving at pr- full speed for the most part. And then Dallas is sitting at four and three. We're for y'all that don't know, I'm a Mavericks fan. We're somehow third in the conference. That ain't going. That ain't going to stay. They going to end up dropping like seven or something. So, you know, well, I enjoy being the third seed right now. But it's the usual suspect so far in the uh, Western Conference. I mean, Sacramento's at the eighth seed. Come on, that. Come on. We all know they're not making the playoffs. Damian Lillard has been playing pretty bad this year. Portland's only three and four. Phoenix is sitting at two and three. The Clippers are sitting at two and four. I personally think the Clippers are going to end up missing the playoffs. Not having Kawhi Leonard is going to hurt them. Yeah, quite a bit. And um, where uh, where are Memphis sitting? Memphis is at four and three. I think Memphis. I think Memphis is going to slide in the playoffs. I yeah. think they'll replace the Clippers. And I, it's early, so it's way too. It's early to say some stuff, but I feel like the Clippers are going to miss. I really wouldn't be shocked if Portland missed is the playoffs. Um, if Damian Lillard continues to play this poor, it, I mean, I don't know. He just released a song recently basically saying how he how he loves Portland and doesn't want to leave. But it's like, man, you in year 10 now. It's like, all right, I mean. They're really putting up, yeah, the Philly chance for to get Dame over there and make that whole switch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Now, do you – let me – let's revert to the East. Do you think Boston makes the playoffs? No. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think a low seed, but I think they make it. Boston is weird. Like, I mean, I personally don't think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum play the best together, and I'm not saying it couldn't work, uh-huh. but – they need to decide who Who's the alpha to. is because what 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 a lot of teams. If you look at any teams that always won championships or are always very competitive, right there, it was very clear who the one and who the two was. Like if you go back and you look throughout NBA history, the the best player didn't always win Finals MVP because you had examples of like Andre Iguodala or James Worthy or Joe Dumars, great players, but Kawhi. not. Yeah, Kawhi or not, but they wasn't the best on the team. And I think 
with Boston, it's like, okay, who's, whose team is this? Because they paid Jason Tatum all that money. But then like, they, pay, they paid Jalen Brown, too. They right? did, but, like, Jason Tatum's deal is, like, 170. Jalen Brown's shit is, like, I think, like, 100. So, I'm, I'm not acting like those are small numbers. Shit, it's more money I got. But it's <laughs> like, y'all paid him like he's the man on the team. And, like, if that's the case, then that's what it needs to be. They have a, a weird roster, like... Yeah, I'm kind of at this point. Marcus Smart at some point is gonna get traded. I was actually shocked that he came back this year. I thought they was gonna try to get rid of him this off season, but I don't know. I think they could slide. I mean, they could slide in prior seventh or eighth seed. They they just gotta get hot for a couple weeks, win some win some easy games, yep. and maybe get their mojo back. But I really don't like the way their roster is set up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Cause I mean, essentially, what they damn near pretty much play like the same spot. Yeah, it's weird though because like, but Bulls, I mean, Bulls have that same thing and they're working around it. I think, I think in basketball, it doesn't even really matter if dudes naturally play the same position. It's all about what type of offense you run mm-hmm. and and who does what on defense because he don't do nothing. Yeah, my thing is, I'm like, y'all are both more than capable of playing great defense, but they kind of pick and choose when they do that, and it's like they're both good shooters neither one of them are great so it's like i i I don't i mean iso basketball is cool but that doesn't always win especially not in the postseason and um yeah i just i don't know like i said i'm i really don't like the way their roster is built to be honest i they need a stretch five which kelly olenic actually would have been perfect for that who they let go years and years ago but um they 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 need a big man who who can hit maybe like twenty two twenty three feet out, or something like that. I mean, I give it to Boston. They tried a lot of things over the years. You had Kyrie for them a couple of years. It didn't work out. Or for had Terry work. Rozier. Like they've had a lot of good players, but it's like, eh. I mean, I don't I don't know. I I think I think they need to pick between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which I think they would go with Tatum and then just build a team around it. They basically need to get rid of everybody else and just keep Jason Tatum basically go through bad years. Like, how a good amount of Paul Pierce's prime was wasted when Boston was really trash. But I figure what, even with, you know, you know, you build around Jason Tatum and you, you know, trade Jalen Brown, you could probably still get comparable pieces to, like, oh, yeah. help around him yeah. and put those other things in play, like maybe the fours or the, the fives and such, or, you know, you know, if you need a guard. I think it's either you either you you either get rid of everybody but Tatum or you keep Tatum and Brown and be like, look, man, this is what it is. One of y'all is going to be the one. One of y'all is Batman. The other one's Robin. And just go from there. Because it was like, like I always tell people, if you go back to like Shaq and Kobe, which these two niggas ain't them, but Shaq and Kobe, it was always Shaq was always the more important player. Not saying he was better than Kobe and it's kind of hard to compare a center and a shooting guard anyway, but you can argue there were years that Kobe Bryant was better overall in the league than Shaq was, but it was Shaq's team, basically. And so it needs to be times where, like, say Jalen Brown has it going, it's his night or maybe his series, but it needs to be Jason Tatum's team. It's like – because then it's – to me, if there's no distinction between the two, that is even a bigger problem because then if I'm Jalen Brown, I'm like – so y'all, I basically gave y'all a team-friendly deal, and I do the exact same stuff, if not more than the dudes y'all gave all this money to. It's like, all right, what are we doing here? Yeah. But I think I think they could get it together. I w- if they missed the playoffs altogether, I would be extremely shocked. Oh, I mean, God forbid, unless somebody got hurt or yeah. something like that, they have no reason to at least not get the eight, seventh or eighth seed. Well, like you said, man, it's still super early into yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. It's real early. Yeah, because that's just like I don't think Miami's gonna stay the one seed all year. I don't think um, I don't think Milwaukee will miss the playoffs. I don't think Brooklyn will be the eighth seed. Yeah, still very. Detroit early. will be trash though. That that's a fact. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's definite. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how long the season is, they will be trash. <laughs> For a while, everything coming out of Detroit will be bad. <laughs> Before they go, wow. Damn, I got to look to see what the Red Wings doing because the Tigers ain't good. The Lions ain't good. The Pistons ain't good. I mean, they about to burn that city down. <laughs> That's yeah, right they bad, about to have they, the riots of 2021. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to like East Lansing or like Ann Arbor to like see some good stuff. You got to go to your local high school. Hope they put in on for the you know city. <laughs> it's like it's only uh, college shit going on in, in 
Michigan for real because I mean you got you got the Wolverines playing pretty good. You got you know the basketball team under uh, Jawan Howard. They they're playing pretty good. They're coming out big favorites uh, in this year too. Um, and then you got Michigan State and East Lansing. So really only college sports to look forward to in Michigan. Yeah, no, you're right though. Done unprofessional, but you know, nevertheless, man, while we edit, man. Let's touch on this too, man. Game six, World Series right now. I think uh, I think the Braves are up right now. Yeah, the Braves 7-0. are seven zero at the end of the eighth. So it looks like they about unless there's some monumental collapse. I think it looks like they're about to wrap it up on them. Which I'm shocked because um because the Braves haven't been good for a while, isn't it? Yeah, uh, they kind of been they kind of been here and there. Like even this season, they didn't have an amazing year, but they had an amazing postseason. They got hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked because I really I think like we said when we talked about it before the series. Yeah. Sorry, I thought Houston did everything better. Pitch hit, not the series. <laughs> and it's a shame because Dusty Baker, the one thing that's really eluding him for y'all that don't know, that's the manager of the Astros. He as a World Series as a manager. He he was he managed the Cubs in 03 when they had that great year, and then that infamous catch happened mm-hmm. in the NLDS, which kind of lives in infamy and threw the their the rest of their whole postseason off, and they ended up losing. He was the manager of the Giants in 02 when um Barry Bonds was there, and they lost. They was up three two, and they lost in seven games to the Angels. So it's like he's just caught some really bad breaks, and it looks like he's about to catch another one. But, you know, <laughs> maybe premature on my part, but if they end up pulling it out, congratulations to the Braves. I only know, like, a couple players on that team. Um, I know this is their first World Series since, I want to say, 95, yep. when they had Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox, John Smoltz, Chipper Jones, and all them. But, um, you know, congratulations to them. Shout out to the city of Atlanta. I mean, the Falcons ain't going to win y'all nothing no time soon. Neither so. the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, neither are the Hawks. And then the hockey team bounced years ago. They said, we've had enough of this. So. <laughs> <laughs> it don't even get like this in Atlanta. <laughs> Why we playing hockey Yeah, here? so, you know, so good news for the city. Thank God. So, you know, <laughs> congratulations to them. I mean, I'm not even a Braves fan, but, you know, you congratulations know. to them, though. Shout out to the city. Shout out to the A. <laughs> nah, man, but we're not yeah, We just need to touch on that one. Um, getting into our next one, man. Let's go ahead and get into it right quick, man. Recapping, recapping, um, NFL Week Eight, man. Big surprise of the week. Uh, Big surprise game for you for the week. I guess the Cowboys winning. That's not really a surprise though, because I try not to put any faith in the Vikings ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, Cooper Rush um, comes in, makes a good, uh, makes some plays, keeps it going. Um, CD Lamb coming through the the game winner, basically. Uh, you know, overall played a good game. Minnesota was holding up, but in true fashion, Kirk Cousins lets them down. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins hit. I think he's good enough to take you to the playoffs, but not to, like, the, a conference you championship the, yeah. game or a Super Bowl or anything like that. And I feel like that's a lot of quarterbacks in the league. Um, my biggest surprise, like, we're not going to go in depth, but if I read these scores off, Packers being the Cardinals, I, I personally didn't think the Cardinals were a good was as good as that record was. Um, mind you, they still could have yeah. won that game. Yeah, that really not, came down to last play. Yeah, because it's not like the Packers played like amazing or anything like that. Yeah, that um, literally came down to miscommunication reaps with uh, Kyler Murray on that last one to A.J. Green. Because um, I do think, yeah, that's D-Hop over there. That game is probably going into Arizona. Uh, that's just a a relapse on them, but nothing they can't bounce yeah, back Yeah, I mean, Pan- Falcons had a 10-0 lead, blow it to the Panthers. That's kind of our our, our thing, just blowing leads. Um, Bills beat the Dolphins. Everybody knew that. 49ers beat the Bears. Bears just Surprise aren't good. Surprise game. Matt Jets. Nick. Yeah, yeah. Mike White, baby. Yeah, the Jets. Um, dude at work, he, he said, uh, there's this guy who bet the Jets quarterback I guess he made a bet that he would have the most passing yards of the week. And he ended up having it, and he won over $100,000 on the bet. I'm like, 
That's crazy. How the fuck would you know that? Like, just guessing. You don't even know. I, mean, he, like, I think because every now and then I'll talk to people, and people really do make like the most randomest bets yeah. like that. So, <laughs> you know, if you got disposable income, I guess you do that because nobody in their right mind would have guessed something like that. So him, him and uh, Trevor Simeon uh, was the weekend of the backups. They come through. Um, key notables that went out: Jameis Winston out. Be pretty much probably gonna be for the year. Yeah, towards the AC- ACL, they, uh, yeah, they confirmed ACL that. injury. <sighs> sad, sad news, man. Um, Derrick Henry foot injury. I, I don't think they. Fantasy goers uh, that that pretty much killed my fantasy. Yeah, I don't think they've officially announced how long he's out for. I think but he could be back for the playoffs, but yeah, they brought back. Uh, you know, they saw my boy AP. You know, shout so, out to you him. Know, uh, one of the goats in this bench. Yeah, first future first battle Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I, he going to come in, break the 15,000-yard mark, and then after that, I don't really care what happens. Um, <laughs> because the thing is, the Titans most likely are still going to win. I mean, the competition yeah, is the Colts. Uh, Texans are awful, and the Jaguars are even worse than them. So Yeah, I mean, it's kind of up in the air. I mean, Colts are... They're solid. They're just kind of wishy-washy because their future, you kind of really don't know what to do with Carson Wentz. He's like a human torpedo. So it's only a matter of time for he, like, catapults headfirst into the uh, turf. So you don't really know what you're going to get there. Um, For me, um, I would say more leaning towards the Jets game, but I might got to go on a little tangent right quick um, about this, uh, the Chiefs and the Giants game. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, being a resident Giants fan, um, I've seen a lot of good things, I've seen a lot of bad things. This game, I don't know, because I, I went to work and people were telling me, yo, it was so close and you guys had a chance and I'm just, no we didn't. What happened last night was what happens when you're a bad team. When you have chances against these better... I ain't even going to say better because I'm going to get into that in a second. But when you have a chance against these other teams, these teams that are more equipped than you, you get these opportunities and bad teams do not capitalize. We can go down the line, first drive of the game, Chiefs go down all the way, get to the goal line, throws a pick in fashion, you set it up. What do they do? Daniel Jones comes back around, he's staring, standing receiver down, like candy from a baby, linebackers waiting there, makes the pick, cancels it out. Logan Ryan pops the ball out of uh, out of Travis Kelsey's hands. You get the fumble turnover, no points from there. Bradbury gets a pick. What do they do? Oh, Shane Simmons offsides, cancels out. Just mishaps, mishaps, mishaps. After that, um, and I'm, I want to call on for both sides in the game. So. Mishaps from that. Um, it must be something in the water it, up in the north. I don't know if it's Jersey or New York, whatever the case is. But like, and I never try to use it as an excuse because every team has injuries. This is part of part of the game in itself. Everybody has injuries. But bro, Andrew Thomas out, Saquon's out, Kenny Galladay's out, Sterling Shepard comes back, he leaves out. Kadarius Tony's out. Slayton, you might as well keep him out because he can't catch a damn pass. Don't even know why he's on this team. Um, also, uh, Pettis, he goes out. They get Kyle Rudolph and Katie Smith playing them both. I don't really know what to do with Evan Ingram. He caught a touchdown last night, but I don't really know. I thought he was going to be up on a trading block because they weren't really playing him. I honestly do not know. Um, offensive line, it's abysmal. All the way, I mean, across the board. Defense actually showed up. But, I mean, it just kind of shows, man. Like, these dudes, you're, you're signing guys. You over. I mean, it's our history, man. You overvalue some of these guys. You sign these guys to big contracts. They stay hurt. You don't ever play. So, you're always in the same position. Gettleman, um, worst GM in history, man. Not done anything that he said he was going to do. Offensive line is still terrible after four years. You made bad contracts, and now we got all this cap money and everything that we got to worry about over and over. And um, looking at it, even from last night's game, Joe Judge, don't think he's the guy blowing timeouts. He called a timeout on the first drive of the game. There was no reason to do that. You blew timeouts, so then you get to the first half, 
minute and 30 left. You get the ball back. And throughout history in the season, we have been, we have let the other team score on us in the last two minutes before leading into half. Damn near every game this year. But we get the ball back against the Chiefs. Down 10-14. We got a minute and a half. Time to maybe put some points on. And we get the ball back in the second half. But what do they do? He's blown all his timeouts. So can't even do anything, get anything going with the offense. Going to the half, such and such. And we know the end of the story. Mishaps. He's saying in the press conference it came down to the headset not working. I almost wanted to slap the shit out of him. Um, I don't know why you came down to that. Whatever the case may be, Dave Gettleman has failed this team. Um, and it's showing. Fans not showing up. I wouldn't show up. I was kind of sad because I wanted to maybe go to a game for my birthday. But it's not even worth it at this point um, this year. And it's going to be unfortunate because I feel like with Daniel Jones, okay, he might not be great. But you can't really evaluate him because anything around him stays getting hurt. Not a good old line. Nothing like that, so it's going to be hard. I feel like he's going to probably end up leaving, going to another team, and probably having some kind of success there on uh, going from there. I don't know. Looks like we're in a whole other rebuild, but that's enough on them. They ain't, worth, they ain't even worth talking about. Um, going on to the Chiefs side, I've seen this because I know some Chiefs fans, and I got to let y'all you know, let y'all know right there, all that the hype shit, y'all can calm it down. This Chiefs, whatever y'all thought it was, that time is over with. Um, I don't know what y'all should be happy for. Y'all damn near lost to another bad team. Y'all are a bad team. All of y'all wins this year have come against teams that are in the losing. They have losing records. Y'all haven't beat a winning team. And three out of y'all four wins has come from the NFC East. Us, the Eagles, and, and Washington. So I don't know what y'all are hype about. Um, Pat Mahomes... Looking like the second coming of Brett Favre. People don't want to admit it because he's the golden boy. Forcing passes even when he should have. And it's weird because every other quarterback kind of knows now. Like, yo, take what the defense gives him. But for whatever reason, he's still trying to chuck the ball downfield. Throwing across body shoulders. I mean, luckily he's playing an inept team because bad, good defenses, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna crucify you every time you make those plays. And it's showing turnovers and still doing the same thing. And I want to get your opinion on this because I don't know if it if it's because, like, Andy Reid has an ego or whatever the case may be. They're going in the game. Mind you, they start running the ball, averaging four or five yards, you know, a carry going off of that. Getting the run game going. What do they do? They say, nah, we're not going to run in no ball. We're going to keep throwing the ball up, keep going away from there. So I'm like, the line isn't as great. You know, Tyreek put an APB out for him and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, Tyreek actually had a decent, well, in his standard, maybe not. But, you know, that's just how the defense was playing. Uh, two safeties, two safeties deep, um, bring them in. But he had, I think, 10, 10 catches, 94 yards. Uh, consistent. Most of it was, you know, yards after the catch going from there. You could put an APB out for Travis Kelsey. We have not seen him all year. Don't know where he's been at. Um, but yeah, man. And I mean, on the defensive side of the ball, psh, we don't even got to touch on Kansas City defense, man. Chris Jones, I don't, I don't know what to say, man. Looking like an overpayment to me. Daniel Sorensen, I don't even know how he on a NFL team right now. Looking just pool cheese, terrible out there. Like getting exposed. Um, it's looking all kind of bad. So I want to get your take on this because I know you've had something to say about this. So you've kind of been on this this pathway when it comes to um, my homeboy. Oh, I I mean, he's overrated. And it kind of is what it is. Because this, so 2018, he has that great year. Mm -hmm. If old boy doesn't go off size, they beat the Patriots, they go to the Super Bowl. Do they win? Who knows? Um, And ever since then... The NFL is trying to market, do this thing, because they know Drew Brees just retired, Tom Brady's up next, Aaron Rodgers ain't playing that much longer, so they're trying to push the next great quarterback, and it's gonna, they yeah, want it to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. This is the problem. They won the Super Bowl, which they, if the 49ers do a couple of things differently, and when I, I don't mean the, the whole game, I mean literally like a player or two, they win that game, and... 
we would be talking about them losing back-to-back Super Bowls. But I look at it like this. I think he's a mix of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. It's leaning more towards the Brett Favre side now because he does make passes that might only probably Aaron Rodgers could do. But he's falling down, throwing the ball up. He's throwing in the triple coverage like Favre used to do. He He's doing a trying to throw with his left hand, the no-look passes, all that other goofy shit. It doesn't... It does not take long for you for a team to get caught up on what they're doing. We see it in sports literally all the time. The, the Warriors were light years ahead of people until they weren't. Kansas City was, was was supposed to be this dynasty until they wasn't. It's like everybody was making excuses when they lost the Super Bowl. You know, they was losing linemen, this and that. I'm like, it's not even really that. It's even sometimes when you win a game, the other team actually wins the war because when you watch the Chiefs, what do you have to do? Two safeties over top yep. um, and Make force, force him to stay in the pocket. That, that's all you really have to do. The defense is so awful that you don't really have to worry about them. And I wouldn't be shocked if they miss the playoffs. And even if they do, they're going to lose in the wild card round. So I yeah. just think everybody needs to calm down. I think, I think that about a bunch of these young quarterbacks, though. I'm like, unlike the I, – I, what – Makes Patrick Mahomes different than his contemporaries, though, is he has already won. Mm-hmm. So I can at least give him that. I said it last year, and people thought I was crazy, and I guess we we won't know for a while. I don't think he, he wins another Super Bowl because I think we're so quick to just assume a lot of things are going to happen, and we write that in. I'm like, Brett Favre won the Super Bowl, went back the very next year they lost. He never got back again. Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl, lost the next year, and he has not been back one since. So we, so we do this thing. Aaron Rodgers won only one. Drew Brees has all these records, won only one. So we do this thing where we just assume players will keep going on. I don't think so. I'm like, first of all, Andy Reid, he got his ring, and I think at this point he's like, he'll maybe coach a couple more years, and he's going to call it a career. He's, he's a Hall of Fame coach. At this point, he's just coaching to try to – accumulate more wins and everything like that. There's nothing that Andy Reid is going to do that's going to boost his legacy to make you go, oh, shit, Andy Reid's a good coach. We already know that. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, it's even shown from their history. I mean, when's the last time can you, like, really say, like, in the history, like, Andy Reid, whether he's been in Kansas City or he's been to Philly, like, even some of those streams, like I mentioned, they they, stripped, they went away from the run, averaging four or five yards to carry, going in there, something to build on, giving giving. Uh, and it got to the point where it was just like, all right, cool. The Giants looked at it like, okay, you get those yards, that's fine. As long as you aren't beating us over the top, we'll let you take that what's in front of us in the seams right there and keep going and keep running the ball. They were taking that, and then Andy Reid still went away from that going into the past game. But when have we ever known Andy Reid to really have a, a legit run game like that at all? Like, everything, you know, whether it been, you know, the Brian Westbrooks, where, you know, he's had to be a catching back. You know, things like that, of course. Like, you've never really had that, and we're kind of seeing now, like, Pat, Patrick Mahomes is very, very uh, impatient. Never really, and that's kind of what's going to set you apart. And we're going to see it because I'm starting to agree with you more on that because, you know, even, you know, necessarily if they don't make the postseason, you know, this year and kind of seeing that, we're going to see some of those Brett games where they're in the postseason and he's going to make some of those mistakes that cost them them that whole season. I think we're definitely going to see that. Oh, yeah. And, I mean – I don't know. People can say what they want. I don't, I don't ever, unless I'm flat out trolling, it, I don't ever say stuff that I can't back up with previous careers or just history of a sport or anything like that. So, I mean, it is what it is. Peyton Manning went through this weird thing where, like, in, like, 01, 02, he regressed really badly mm-hmm. for a season, and then he picked it back up, and that might just be – I mean, you see it a lot with a bunch of quarterbacks that – You'll look at it, and they have one very odd year compared to the rest of them. You're kind of like, damn, what happened that year? And that might just be what Mahomes going through. But like I said, I'm like, it doesn't it doesn't take long for people to sit to watch film and go, oh, this is what he do. All right, cool. The the shit you was getting away with, you're not getting away with that anymore. It's like it doesn't take long, and yeah. it is what it is. I mean, that's not my team, so I don't really care. There's a couple players on the team I like, but they already won a ring, so it's like it's not like I'm gonna be like, damn, I hope they win more. It's like, eh. Y'all got y'all ring cool, you know that it was great, and everything like that. But it's like, all right, well, and uh, and it's gonna it's gonna I I think um going into it, man, 
it's going to be a thing where he's going to, at some point, he's going to have to mature because the weapons that you have aren't really always going to be there. I mean, I was just looking at it now. I mean, luckily, I think Reek still got some time, but shoot, Travis is about 32 now. So that eventually some of those things, some of those weapons are kind of going to wait, going to go away. And even after Andy Reid's time, you're going to have to mature and learn how to really take advantage of what you got. Yeah. You ain't, ever, you ain't gonna be able to just play four verticals every single play and just beat everybody down the field all the time. Sometimes you really are going to have to take what the defense gives you, and you kind of see it even from the game. I mean, like. There's a check down routes that he wants to go to, but he's still trying to look downfield and sling the ball when there's not nothing there and throwing a triple coverage. Right. I mean, you can't just – it's just not going to happen. I mean, teams are kind of getting a formula. And you know how we see all the time in the NFL. Once, you know, they play a game against a certain team, they take that DNA from that from that game of what they did. All right, we're going to implement it. We're going to know we're going to keep the two safeties back down deep. We're going to make you throw it and keep the ball in front of us. You're going to have to earn this. You're going to have to put drives together, 10, 12 plays, keep going in these drives, taking it chunk by chunk. And we know, same way, you know, we saw in history with Brett Favre. We know, okay, he's going to make some plays that, you know, he's going to get the touchdowns and do this, but he's also going to give us opportunities to go ahead and capitalize on his mistakes as well into the game so i don't know man like it's still up in the table um as far as the chiefs go they got a tough schedule um up ahead you know packers cowboys they still got the raiders and broncos steelers they got a little tough tough little schedule uh to put it together um sit right now four four so we will see um but yeah man i just thought that was uh, my probably my biggest take from that one um, not too much really going um as far as you know with the rest. Uh, we will see, but just wanted to uh, recap the rest of this one. And as we exit out of uh, NFL recap, do you have your question of the day as we end off? Um, nah, I I haven't really. Uh, I really don't have one. I don't know if you have one. I haven't. Um, I was thinking this. Uh, so, I was putting it together. Um, I would probably have to say, because I wanted to figure out if I wanted to go more so artists or if I wanted to uh, go so... Uh, if you could say off top, right? What's... If you can name maybe, I guess, three artists you're thinking of music-wise music, rock, music wise you feel are that you really listen to that you feel are, like, underrated. Um, underrated. Uh, uh, Jamison, who's an R&B singer. Okay. Uh, Zero Rashad. Um and huh. Let me see. Who have I been listening to a lot lately? People I've been listening to a lot lately aren't really underrated. Um, those are the main two people that I listen to quite a bit though that I think about. Um, I don't really have three, probably just those two. Or so. Uh for me, um, it's weird, because I was thinking, I like, uh, Casey Veggies, that's one for me, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's underrated, I mean, I feel like he is, people are kind of giving him his due now, um, Ransom was gonna be one for me, mm. um, and then the third one, Rest in Peace, I still feel like, it's weird, because he definitely has a big, like, a cult following, and, like, it kind of blew up after he died. But uh, that third one, I'm going to go with MF Doom. Um, that's for me. And it's funny, man, because we, we see this all the time. Like, you know, whenever I wear my Doom mask, that's, like, the one I always get the compliments on. Yeah, that shit about. cool. That shit is crazy. I'm like, and it, it's just me because, like, I didn't think, like, I don't think most people will really catch catch the reference. 
well, like when um you know when I do where, but surprisingly, like yeah, people do. But I was thinking, yeah, definitely Doom, uh, because I was going through his discography, man. And it's funny, man. Oh, this is the second question I want to pose to you, man. Do you think Aesop Rocky's got a classic album? Uh, I consider his one a personal for me, but in the grand scheme of music, probably not. Okay. Because I was thinking, I was wondering about that too, man, because I was going back on Long Live ASAP. I, it's, yo, I've been in this real, like, super, like, ASAP mood for some reason. Like, I was thinking that one, and then I went to, um, at long last, ASAP too. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I don't know, man, Pretty Flacco just came up in my mind for whatever reason. That that album was a disappointment for me personally. He he has some slaps up there, but I remember when it first came out, I was thinking, this is too long and a bunch of this I can do without. <laughs> I, I just, I, I mean, with ASAP Rocky, I don't think that's where his primary focus is. So was testing. I think, was I think he likes making music. I think he likes rapping, but I think he, he used rapping as a gateway to open up other avenues for him, like fashion and modeling and whatever else he got going on you know good form he's doing what a lot of people do um which is branch out and do other things but i mean testing that was like what three and a half that years ago terrible. it's only like three songs maybe up there that i like um and i'm saying like i don't even love them yeah, that's almost, that's and so i'm like i just i just don't think that's where his focus is at but i don't think he has a his first album is a personal classic of mine, but if somebody said name classic hip-hop albums, I'm not naming that. All right, and then um, do you think Big Sean is a black Jeezy? I don't think that, but to be fair, I don't listen to Jeezy. That That's a comment that I read that that shit is still hilarious to me. <laughs> Because it's just funny. Hearing somebody say you're the black or white version of something is funny, but I don't I don't listen to I've only have heard maybe a handful of G Easy songs, so I really can't say that if he is or not, but it's still funny. And it's like, because going off of that question, do you think now to him being off of good music, like, do you think he's uh you know has a chance really at a resurgence i mean he's trying this hit boy thing out and oh i mean i don't know what a resurgence is because it's like i don't think good music is the reason his sales have been the way they are or anything like that i mean big sean is cool but Mm. you know i mean if you look at his singles over the years he his last album, which is very forgettable, he only had a couple of songs up there that I liked, and I'm Not like all 35 songs. Yeah, right. I think I think Big Sean is kind of in the Wale box. It's like, yeah, we all know you. We know you can rap, but it's like, all right, that's great and everything. But I'm like, what what made Big Sean dope when he first came out, which was like the different flows he used and his wordplay and everything like that. He doesn't really do that anymore. Like he's just another good rapper. And the world is full of just good rappers. You got to do something else. Hit Boy, I think, is a tad bit overrated. I mean... Yeah, and I think... He, I, I kind of started feeling that once he made the that Metro Boomin project. I'm yeah. like, why is he doing this? I think just bored, to be honest. I mean, I never I never listened to uh, Big Sean and thought, yeah, man, good music's holding him back. So, I don't... <laughs> I, I just haven't. So, I'm kind of like, him being off of it doesn't... It doesn't change anything for me, like... It it does nothing for me. That's almost like you take a player, you move him from one team to another. It's like nigga, your skill set is your skill set. I mean, <laughs> you you go from the Timberwolves to the Kings. Okay, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it is what it is. Now I do want to say, man. Um, lastly, since we did do this weekend, man, let's recap it, man. We went to a uh, to an Isaiah Rashad concert, um, at the Ritz in, Char- in Charlotte. Um, going back over it, man. First impressions, man, because I know the lineup we had a new TDE signee, Ray Vaughn, um, uh, followed by Childish Major, uh, and Isaiah, you know, Isaiah Rashad came on. What was your experience like? Uh, Ray Vaughn is dope from the songs he's played. I, I never listen, I, I've heard of him, but I never listened to his stuff. His freestyle um, was going on leakers. That yeah, was, so really I, I didn't watch it, but I I think Rayvon's dope. He has really good stage presence. I think he has a very bright future, and um, as long as he does right by him, he'll be fine. I've seen Childish Major before. I saw him like three years ago, three or four years ago. He opened up for a Big Crit. I'm trying to remember where. 
Let's see, when was that album? This might have been, oh, uh, it was either 17 or 18. I really can't remember. So I've seen him before, and he played a couple of the same songs that he did then. Um, good. He's a good rapper. I think he's a better producer than he is rapper. Um, and then Isaiah Rashad was, it was a good show. I, I enjoyed myself. It's a couple of things that I really don't like that he does when he performs. Um <laughs> He does this weird thing where the where the music will fade out and he'll rap the last few bars, which that's cool, that's fine. But there was times, maybe it's just to me, where the sound and his uh vocals wasn't really mixing correctly. Like they wasn't sounding the way I think they was, so it was kind of hard to hear him at times. And then he was stopping in between sets and talking to his DJ, but like they were having their own conversation. They were smoking, you, yeah, yeah, and like we didn't really know what was going. It was it almost felt awkward at times. It's like them two niggas is just talking to everybody else's eavesdropping on their conversation and um, smoking, which he doesn't seem like he has the type of breath control where he should be smoking on stage for real. Um, I wonder. It's interesting though because that was Schoolboy Q's DJ. I don't really know where his was at. I don't think that affected but so much anyway um but i enjoyed myself i like i like the show quite a bit if i don't see him again i'll, I'll be fine with that it was a few songs i think he was, you said something about the set list yeah it was a few songs that it was kind of odd that he didn't play that i thought would have went crazy in the in the concert like so little queen probably would have did really really well i'm surprised he didn't he didn't play that um but it sounded that. like sounded like the majority of people really he, enjoyed themselves. Bitches was in there going crazy. Yeah, and, like did he even play Ronnie Drake? I don't think so. Yeah, because I was thinking, yeah, so soliloquy, Ronnie Drake. Um, maybe, I mean, uh, women was it was, you you had some people in yeah, there going ham, things. like like you you would thought Drake was in there. I mean, yeah, I was so confused. I'm like, damn, I didn't know it was like this. Yeah, I like so it was interesting. Um. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't know he had that many fans to pack. I mean, the rich probably holds if I had to guess, maybe fit between like fifteen and twenty two hundred, something like that. Um, I didn't know how many people really. I know we listened to him and a couple of my friends listened to him, but I'm like, eh, I didn't really know how many people listened to him. But it looked like he packed that place out pretty well. So, and it seemed like a lot of people enjoyed themselves. Like I said, I think he has a couple bad techniques well i mean he's probably been performing for a while so that just seems like stuff he he does but the the stopping the songs and then smoking in between it it was weird because ray vaughn is a funny dude i think Isaiah shot was trying to crack some jokes in between but it was at times it was hard to hear him yeah and then it's like the shit he was saying wasn't really funny and it's like eh, you you could just get back to the songs that's what we came <laughs> for it didn't really come for your stand up <laughs> Nah, man, I figured, uh, man, but yeah, overall, I think it was a pretty good experience for the most part, um, kind of liked it all the way through, uh, it's kind of glad they brought him out there, at least, I, I like that they got Rayvon out there touring with the current TDE act, you know, try to get him, you know, get him around, show face, and stuff and such, I like that, um, my only take was, you know, whoever does the DJ set list in between acts coming to the stage. Oh, yeah, that yeah, pissed yeah, me yeah, off. yeah, yeah, uh, Played a bunch of J. Cole, a bunch of Kendrick, which you would think Kendrick was the only artist on TDE as much as their stuff as he plays. As much stuff as his uh, that they play. Um, I just thought it was weird. They just a lot of J. Cole, and I get it because we were in North Carolina, but I'm like, yeah. eh. It seems kind of weird. Like Childish Major produced a, a good amount of songs that I, it was kind of odd that they didn't play before he came on. Um, overall, though, if I had to rate the overall experience, it was like an eight or a nine out of ten. Yeah. Um, I don't really the the parking situation. Their parking is okay. I mean, it, it's not like the Norva where I've never had problems getting out of there. Um. If I would have backed in, we maybe got out a little bit sooner. But it was weird because, like, it looks like it looks like their parking lot overflows every single time. And people are parking across the street. But it's only, like, one lane each way. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't awful. Like, I've been to places where it's been way, way worse than that. So it wasn't that bad. But it wasn't the most ideal thing either. Um, three, three hour, About three hours is the distance I would drive to see him. Anything more than that is probably a no for me. Um, like, if I had to, like, if it was Charlotte instead of Riley, I probably would have been like, you know what, it just isn't meant to be, and that would have just been that. But 
three hours. I mean, the drive there didn't seem very bad, and the drive back seemed even shorter than there. So yeah. So overall, good experience. But nah, man, just wanted to uh, end us off recapping. Uh, you know, music talk here. Um, looks like that is all we have for tonight. Um, you have any uh, closing words, other? No, you know, same old. Appreciate everybody listening. I think my energy's been down kind of low. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I'm tired as hell. Um, but you know, appreciate everybody for listening, for uh, all your feedback, all your suggestions. Um, you know, just continue. Tell a friend to tell a friend to, to give us a listen, at least five minutes. If they don't like what they hear, turn it off, and it'll still count as a play for us. So, <laughs> so go. I mean, you know, Thanks. go go listen to something else. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Eric. All the all the supporters and all the love, and you know. I hope, I hope if things going bad for y'all out there, I hope things get better. And if things are going good, I hope they still get even better. So, you know, y'all take care. Facts, facts. Second that, second that. Uh, as we always say, check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Chief Keith 757 You will find us there. I'll link to the podcast, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, bring review, helps us in the algorithms. We appreciate it. It has been another episode, another night of the Chief and Bosco podcast. We will back be back to you guys next week, but until then, we are out.